This is Alan Seaborn from Winning at Home. Welcome to In Progress, a podcast about faith, life, and how we grow. And in this episode, I want to talk about something that I'm guessing is going to apply on some level to every single person that's listening right now. No matter where you're at in life, no matter the circumstances you find yourselves in, no matter if in the past you've listened and gone, oh, wow, yeah, Alan seems to struggle with that a lot, but that's not really something that I have a hard time with. Um, I think that this episode is going to hit all of us right where we're at. And so I'm going to read a verse from the book of James, chapter 1, verse 19. James writes, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And that's the only verse we're going to read right now. Because like I say, I think those three things that James is talking about right there, they hit all of us. Because I'm guessing that, you know, you might listen and go, yeah, I'm pretty good at one of those, but the other two need some work. Or maybe if you're really working on your interactions with people, you go, yeah, I'm pretty good at two of those. But, you know, the third one, I've got some room to grow in that. Uh, The book of James, sometimes when people talk about it, they call it uh, the book of practical faith or the book of practical wisdom. Because James, all throughout, he has these um, ideas and concepts and he really puts a lot of, um, you know, for lack of a better word, practical ways that we put this into our lives that our lives change as a result of experiencing what God is doing. And so he talks about, okay, if you really do believe this, if God really is going to be the Lord of your life, then here's what that looks like when it plays out in the way that you think, in the way that you talk, in the way that you act, in the way that you treat people. And so if you want to read something and really be challenged on some concrete, here's how life looks different now as a result of what God's up to in my life. If you read through the book of James, you're going to find that it's packed with this kind of practical wisdom, practical faith. And this verse is no exception. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And I've got to be honest, when I read through, like I say, I'm guessing that all of us, one of these three things hits us and we go, yeah, I've got a lot of work to do there. Uh, For me, it's two of them. (laughs) So uh, the everyone should be quick to listen. I'm pretty good at that. Like listening comes pretty naturally to me. Uh, I don't have to spend a ton of effort and energy of paying attention to what's said to me. Now, whether or not I have a lot of interest in what's being said to me is a separate conversation, but the actual letting people say their thing, um, I, I don't 
really have a hard time with cutting people off and trying to talk over people. Once you say your thing and I hear you, I'm more than happy to debate and discuss and disagree and argue, but I'm going to let you say what you need to say. And I'm guessing that we've probably pretty much everyone here has heard someone talk about the difference between listening and hearing. And, you know, it's kind of funny because I was looking at uh, the, I have a little website, a tool that I use that gives me the ability to look at the Greek word that's used here and then to dig into different ways that that word is interpreted in different passages of scripture. And then on that same page, it'll give almost kind of like a dictionary definition of what these words are. And one of the things that I read through and uh, it was defining what hearing or listening, what it is. And I just, I thought it was funny. So I wanted to read it because it, it gave this definition to perceive by ear what is announced in one's presence. And I, I thought, well, yeah, that's a really uh, perfect definition for the difference between like we've heard about before, uh, listening and hearing. It's, it's really easy to hear stuff, right? We can be focusing on something on our phone and we hear what's happening around us. Uh, we can be off, lost in thought, not even looking at something in front of us, just daydreaming about something else. And we, if we don't have earplugs in or some other sound that's competing for our attention, we're hearing what people are saying, what people are needing from us but that doesn't mean that we're listening. And you know, when I, I thought about this on a, a deeper level, I started to think of how many times, and this is some of the stuff that in the episodes that I had Stephen on that we've talked about, the communication issues that couples run into, I thought of the difference between uh, listening and hearing everything that's coming from the person I'm talking to and hearing what I interpret them to be saying versus actually listening to the level of trying to understand where they're coming from. And if you haven't spent time doing, I mean, it, it really requires active listening. You have to be paying attention because you have to be following, okay, what is it that they're saying? Am I understanding what they're saying? And then you have to go, okay, because of what I know about this person, because of what they've been through, because of what they want out of life, how am I probably interpreting what they're saying the way I would mean it? instead of the way that they mean it. I know that that's a, a pretty complicated idea. And if the idea itself is complicated, then obviously actually applying that to life is going to be next level complicated, right? Because 
if it's hard to even describe and explain what the concept of doing this is, to actually in the moment be listening, to be paying attention to what another person's saying to the degree that you can understand not just what they're communicating, but where they're coming from and why they're communicating what they're communicating, what they're hoping to get out of this conversation, the way that you would interpret what they're saying in order for them to truly feel understood. And I, I can't remember. So the trick of doing a podcast and also preaching at churches, speaking at different events, it's really hard. I keep notes, but it's really hard to remember what little anecdotes, what little things I'll mention at what place. So if I've talked about this before and you're like, yeah, I already know, I'm sorry, but hopefully you haven't heard this or maybe hearing it again will be beneficial. But for me, Winning at Home has, uh, it it's one ministry, but we have some really different spokes of what we do. And so what I do is speak. I'm around different churches, different camps, different events, all that kind of stuff, preaching on Sunday morning or doing events, that kind of thing. And part of our ministry is about that, the speaking and about local events that we do, about producing resources. But there's another component of what we do, and that's counseling. So I'm not a counselor. I don't see uh, clients that way. But we have, and I always forget, and the number's kind of always changing, but somewhere around 20 counselors who see everyone from kids, um, from teens, adolescents, couples, individuals, as adults, you know, all over the place. I see all different people. And for me, being around our counselors has helped me to understand this deeper level of listening. Not because I do it well, but because they kind of remind me by the way that they practice this, of the importance of it. So if I'll be talking with one of our counselors during lunch or, you know, grabbing a cup of coffee, I run into him and we're just talking about life and we're talking about some situation, right? There's this weirdness happening between me and this person. And I'm really quick to interpret it my way, right? To I've listened to what they said, I've heard it, and I've come to the conclusion that they're being a jerk, that they're not being thoughtful, that they're cutting corners, that they're whatever it is, right? The normal, we all have these moments where you have a weird interaction with somebody and you jump to this conclusion. And I'll be talking to one of our counselors and they'll say, oh, well, they're scared or they're hurt from past experience or they're whatever. And they'll give not a justification, but an explanation of why would somebody be reacting this way to something that happened? And I'll say, well, yeah, they're scared. And because of that, they're being a jerk. And our counselors will say, no, they're scared. And it's really hard for me 
because I'm guessing even the same way that some of you are hearing this and going, well, that sounds like it's just letting people off the hook. It sounds like now there's no accountability or responsibility for our behavior. And that's not what we're talking about here. What they're doing is they're saying, hey, I'm, I'm practicing listening, not to hear only the content of what's being communicated, but to hear on a deeper level and to understand the needs and the motivation and the reasoning behind it. And I think when James writes, everyone should be quick to listen. I think if we all started practicing that kind of listening to, I want to know what's going on behind the scenes. You know, as I'm thinking of it, I don't have to think hard to think of the last time that Annalise and I had a miscommunication because what she communicated, the words that she said, they meant one thing to me. But if I would have stopped and thought about, okay, in light of everything I know about my wife, in light of who she is, in light of the way that in the past we've communicated and that we care for one another, let me factor all that stuff in when I'm listening, right? And let that all help me to interpret what she's saying right here, right now, in this moment. And genuinely, if we all started to practice that, every single one of our conversations, every single one of our relationships would improve, right? Because we'd be spending time not just, you know, hearing the words, the content, of what someone's saying to us, but trying to get at the heart of what they're wanting, what they're needing, and in that moment, where they're at emotionally and what they need from us. So James goes on as if that's not enough. That could really be a standalone verse, right? But he goes on and he says, in addition, everyone should be quick to listen. And then he says, slow to speak. And this one is not so easy for me. Maybe for some of you it is, but for me, um, pretty much the only time that I'm slow to speak is if I'm not really interested in a topic and I'm like, eh, I, I can't really add a lot to this conversation or I'd like this part of the conversation to kind of move on and would talk about something that's more interesting to me. Or uh, if I don't really have a specific point of view that I'd like other people to hear and agree with, that's when it's easier for me to be slow to speak, right? But usually, and now you see how these things flow from one to the next, because if we're not quick to listen and listening, like I said, on this deeper level of saying, okay, I want to hear what you're saying. And then I want to understand the reasoning behind it. If we don't practice that, then we're not going to be slow to speak, right? We're going to be jumping in. We're going to be interjecting. We're going to be 
getting defensive. We're going to be going out of our way to explain, well, no, this is why you're wrong and this is why I'm right. Because if we're not listening well, then we're not going to respond well because we don't even understand fully what the other person is saying combined with where the other person is coming from. So when James gets to this point, it really does feel like he's building. Uh, and it doesn't just, doesn't just build because it's like, well, if you're listening, then it means that you're not speaking. It's not just that. It's if we're listening well, if we're, pra- if we're practicing active listening, if we're genuinely trying to get to the heart of where our conversation partner is coming from, then we're going to be a little bit slower to speak. Because suddenly this conversation isn't about me winning. It's not about me being right. It's not about the person on the other end of this conversation saying, wow, I never thought about that before. Alan, you are so wise. You're completely right about whatever it is you're talking about. That's not the goal of conversation. The goal of conversation is to meet the other person and to actually understand where they are and who they are in the context of that conversation. And if we're quick to speak, we're going to miss that most of the time. And I find that usually when I'm quick to speak, it's motivated by not a desire to fully understand the other person. It's motivated by a desire for the other person to fully understand me, right? That I need to jump in and I need to say everything that's in my head about what they're talking about or about what we're talking about. And I just need to get, not a rant, but I need to get my ideas out there into the world, right? That I've got to be, I've got to say all this stuff because I might forget one of these points. I might, you know, it can be really easy to kind of treat these um, regular conversations with the people in our lives, almost like the people that are in professional debates. It's like, oh, hang on, I'm going to answer you point by point by point. And we're afraid, well, if I don't say it quick, then I'm going to lose the opportunity to jump in on this point. Or I'm going to forget what I need to say that's going to be the zinger. And maybe it's not, and maybe zinger isn't the right word, but it's going to be the thought, the idea that just really takes them down, right? And when we're being quick to speak, that's usually where that's coming from. It's not coming from, hey, I'm trying to interpret everything that you're saying and I'm trying to really digest it and I'm trying to really genuinely figure out where you're coming from. It's, I'm trying to figure out how to make you see the world the way I see it, how to make you think like me, how to make you understand why you're wrong and I'm right. Usually, right? When we're quick to speak, that's usually where we're coming from. And James tells us to practice the opposite, to be quick to listen 
to be slow to speak and slow to become angry. And it's interesting because, again, these ideas are building on each other, right? If we're practicing the first two, if we're quick to listen and slow to speak, then a natural outflow of that is going to be that we're going to be slower to become angry. Because if we're genuinely trying to figure out what's going on with our conversation partner, if we're truly listening and saying, hey, what's, what's the motivation behind what you're saying? And we're really trying to connect with them, not just to get information, but to connect. We're going to be a lot slower to get angry, a lot less likely to get riled up and to fire something back to try to shut them down, to try to win, you know, to view a conversation as like an arm wrestling match where one of us is going to win, one of us is going to lose. I better make sure I win. I better get riled up, get angry enough, right? That I can make my points in a way that makes you surrender, that makes you give up, that makes you say, all right, I'm waving this white flag because you, you got me here. It's really easy to do that stuff. It's really easy. And if you look at the way that a lot of conversation plays out in the public sphere in our world today, if you look at the way that people are um, communicating, that people are practicing how they speak, when you look on social media, you're going to see that there's a lot of people that aren't practicing this stuff. That instead of being quick to listen, that are pretty much not listening, instead of being slow to speak, that are jumping to get all their ideas out there to everybody that will maybe listen, maybe not, and are quick to become angry because we've got to defend our ideas and our rights and our way of viewing the world. You don't, you know, when you see that stuff played out over social media, uh, it's, it's more discouraging for me than when I see it played out on, on the news stations on TV because I'm like, okay, those people, I mean, they're, they're kind of paid to be mad or pretend to be mad or whatever. I don't even know what's happening with that stuff, but that's their job. But when you see it play out, on social media, I'm like, oh man, that's, that's rough. Cause most of these are people that I know personally. And a lot of the people I see jumping into stuff are people that I care about. And I'm looking and going, man, how they're representing themselves. And you get that I'm seeing other people, but how I'm representing myself too, right? sometimes doesn't look like being quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. It looks like I'm this radical person out there trying to get my ideas across 
and force-fed into whoever's out there listening. And I believe that what James is writing about here, again, practical faith, he's talking about this idea of what it looks like as a result of God working in our lives. How do we look different? And if we really let him change us, we're going to move to looking like someone that is quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And that's a process, and that's a journey, right? This isn't something where you're just going to kind of snap your fingers and boom, okay, today, uh, I know in the past I haven't really cared what other people thought. I haven't been trying to listen to where they were coming from. Um, I've been really quick to, to shove my ideas down other people's throats, And I've been doing that mostly out of, I don't know if I'd call it anger, but I'd say I'm riled up. So yeah, maybe anger is the right word. You're not going to go from that to overnight. Uh, I'm just this serene, peaceful, calm person who I just want to listen and hear where people are coming from. This, like a lot of things, is going to be a journey of growth. It's going to be practicing. It's going to be Um, you know, I I talked to somebody one time who said, hey, I I really tried to go from being a person who exploded in anger to someone who stayed calm in moments, even when I felt that way. And he said, I would, I would try to just stand there. And it kind of felt like I was like boiling from the inside because I was just so mad, so frustrated. I wanted to explode and I just made myself say, no, I'm not going to do it. It just uh, just felt like I was going crazy. But over time, with practice, in the moment, I can now, you know, I'm not like the most calm person you've ever met, he said, but I can stay a whole lot more calm with practice. And you know, that's what this stuff is going to look like as it plays out in our lives. We're going to have to work at it. We're not going to overnight, boom, just become this person that is awesome at the opposite things that we've been doing for most of our lives, right? I mean, you look at, you think about it. For me, I've got a well-worn pattern of the way that I think and the way that I react. And I've been doing it for 33 years or, you know, probably not because my parents probably didn't let me do some of this stuff, but 20 years, right? Or 15 years or who knows how long I've been practicing some of these habits where I've been quick to speak and I've been quick to become angry and I've been slow to listen. It's going to take more than a day, more than a month, more than a year, if we're honest, of working on this stuff and practicing living out practical faith from James of what it looks like for God to be at work in our lives. So let's go practice this stuff. 
let's, even if we haven't been known for this in the past, right? Or maybe especially if we haven't been known for this in the past, let's go practice being quick to listen, being slow to speak, and being slow to become angry.